My guest today on the enemies list is someone I have known since the 90s. We go way back to the way back in Florida. My friend Sharish Date, he has a banging new article out in the Huffington Post, and it's called Call It Trump's Coup Attempt, because it damned well was. This is a barn burner of a piece about how we should cover Donald Trump in the year and a half ahead of us, about how reporters and media in this country need to stay mindful of just who he was and what he did as they cover him, and to not let this thing go back to business as usual in covering him. There was also maintained what was called an enemy's list. Democrats want Republicans dead. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody. The women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions. On January 6th of 2021, you had tens of thousands of people peacefully protesting. You're the president of the United States. You can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified. It's not a right-wing conspiracy theory. It's not QAnon. It's real. <laughs> I'm Rick Wilson, and this is The Enemies List. Sharish, welcome to the enemies list. Thank you so much for joining me today. Again, it is good to see you again so soon. Uh, we saw each other a couple of weeks ago in DC uh, at the Correspondence Center. Thank you again for the invite. And we're standing at a moment right now where Donald Trump is starting to absorb all the heat and light in the media universe again. And and I, I feel like that's why you wrote this piece. Tell us a little bit about what the piece, what what motivated you to write it. And, and and where you think we stand in terms of the country and, and the media in general when they're covering Trump right now. Right. Well, I guess what, I, I, like I said in the piece, I've been thinking about this thing, or maybe I said it on Twitter uh, about the piece, but I've been thinking about writing this for the better part of a year. And I got serious about it, you know, toward the end of 2022, after the midterms, when instead of disappearing because his candidates all lost, Donald Trump, in fact, just announced for president and started getting traction again. And, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking back to the, the morning of January 7th, 2021, and thinking, all right, if anyone were to suggest right now that uh, this guy is not finished, totally done, gone from the United States politics, I would have laughed. And yet, within a month and a half at CPAC in Orlando, he's all but declaring his candidacy again. Right. And the further we went, the more the same dynamic we saw in 2015 took hold, where Trump is great copy, he's great television, he's entertaining. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and the story is, look, the guy tried a coup, and yet he's going to come back. Won't that be interesting? Instead of, the guy tried a coup. What the hell? Why are we not writing right. about this? As What's wrong with us? This guy right. tried a fucking coup. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and then what really, uh, I guess, it triggered me was uh, a couple of months ago, I read a, a story in the New York Times, which has, by the way, has some reporters who have done outstanding work on Donald Trump, and all that he's done for the past seven years. I don't mean to uh, attack the Times. This one story, however, had two very respected reporters, and it was all an insider. They're going to go after DeSantis doing this and that and so on, and mm -hmm. not one word about what the man did, you know, to uh, try to end our democracy, right? And and I, I sort of think, who are they writing for? 
Who is this piece for? Because if it's for the average news consumer in the United States, they have failed. They have absolutely failed. If it's to please right. the, the inner circle around uh, uh, Trump, you know, uh, Susie Wiles and uh, Chris Lasavita La and, uh, right. and Jason Miller, then good job, guys. Well done. You know, you, you hit your audience. And uh, it, it's, it's appalling. It is absolutely appalling. You know, I'm not one to yell a lot about access journalism. I mean, it exists in the world, but I'm not, I'm not really, I don't really try to make it a big issue because I think it misses, I think that accusation very frequently misses the point. But tell us a little bit why, and I mean, and I almost feel like, I, I feel like our audience is really, I know our audience is really, really smart, but why, why is it so important to keep reminding people, particularly about January 6th? Because to my mind, it is the defining action of Donald Trump in the course of his entire presidency. Right. Well, because I go out and 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 talk to folks in, you know, what uh what the politicians call real America, right? It's outside of outside mm-hmm. of DC and I go to events in other states and in other cities and rural areas and I talk to voters and it, it, to them, they weren't that all into the details of January 6th as it was happening on their televisions, right? Because they weren't even watching television. Most people are not into the minute-by-minute uh, timeline of what happened January 6th, unlike you and I and probably most of the people <laughs> in Washington, D.C. who lived through that day are. Right. And so they, you know, oh, yeah, Trump had something to do with it. Didn't he give a speech or something? But didn't he say peacefully? And, and, and then you have this entire machine in right-wing media that has done nothing but minimize what's happening uh, mm-hmm. What happened that day, and, and what's happening since, and so you, you, that that takes its toll. I mean, and the example I used was uh, Sarah Longwell, who I think you know, uh, you know, has been done, sure. has been doing focus groups for a couple of years, and in the last year, she started asking about Ukraine and American support for Ukraine. And at first, even the Trump voters were like, "Yeah, Putin is totally out of line. He's a war criminal, et cetera, and we need to back Ukraine." Mm-hmm. And after a year of Tucker Carlson and Fox and everybody else saying, "Hey, you know, um, what's wrong with Russia? Why are we not? Why, you know, uh, a lot there are a lot of Russian-speaking people in Ukraine, and some of that territory was right. Russia's, et cetera." Now you're at the point where most Trump supporters do not support additional help to Ukraine. Um, which is amazing, right. amazing, given the footage that's coming amazing. out of Ukraine, the, of, of the slaughter of, of, of civilians and just the destruction. And think, think about this, 60 years of the character of conservatism in America was about opposition to the Soviets and to, and to Russia. And right, the, I mean, can, can you imagine? This is the party... <laughs> and it's just been erased. It's been a fucking erased in a month. Whoop. Okay, bye. Right. No, I mean, the, the, the same party that produced Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall is now producing not another dime for Ukraine because they're corrupt. And, and what, what does this have to do with us anyway? And so let Russia have it. Um, you know, including to right. the point where Ron DeSantis, the, the, the great hope of the Republican Party, is saying, well, you know, maybe I'm on board with the Marjorie Taylor Greene view of foreign policy here. So, you know, that is what is happening with Trump, I feel. You know, the uh, the same sort of mm-hmm. deadening of, of sensitivity as to what happened on January 6th is going on. And if you look at the polls, 
uh, fewer and fewer people think it's that important. Um, enough still do think it's important so that, you know, for example, in November of 2022, uh, that was a major factor. I was surprised. You know, that was a major factor for voters uh, when they went with, uh, you know, the non-Trump candidates in many cases. But, you know, the, this will only we, get we, worse. But. At Lincoln, we were shocked by the degree to which that pushed voters. It, it, it surprised us. Support for Rick Wilson's The Enemies List comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software or just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who switched to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable, all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash Wilson. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash Wilson. Odoo. Modern management made simple. Um, so, you know, I, I often say this to people. It feels like we're in a time loop and we're stuck back in 2015 and 16 again. And reporters are making a lot of the same mistakes again. Um, why, you know, he's newsworthy, he's good for clicks, he's good for eyeballs. And I think the thing that has really gotten people right now uh, very riled up about Trump and a certain media outlet is that CNN is going to host a town hall with Caitlin Collins interviewing Donald Trump and Republican voters interviewing Donald Trump. Let me ask you two things. First off, what do you think of the fact that they're doing it? Is it just it, Are we just inevitably stuck with this, that it's going to be newsworthy and they're going to cover it? Um, and secondly, if you were producing this thing, what is it you would have them, how would you frame it? How would you try to make it something that didn't turn into uh, a love fest for Donald Trump and a, and a rewrite of history and, a, and, a, and an opportunity for him to back up the bullshit dump truck and just you know, spew it all over the audience? Right. Well, you know, number one, uh, Caitlin started out at a, at a, at a, at a, at a nonsense news site called uh, Daily Caller, but she's actually a very yes. good reporter, and she has been tough on Trump when she Agreed. moved over to CNN, and even before that at Daily Caller, she was asking some some tough questions. She's a good interviewer, uh, and it, it left mm -hmm. out to her own mm -hmm. devices, I think she would um, do a number on Donald Trump because there's so much to ask him uh, that he's not spoken about and not answered to. Uh, over the past two years, That's right. I don't know what level of control she has over that, right? So that I, I have no idea. However, all those things, all the questions that came up during the January sixth hearings, hey, when you saw on TV that people were marauding the Capitol mm -hmm. and breaking windows and going in, you saw that happening starting at a little after two o'clock. And at two twenty-four, you decided to tweet that Mike Pence didn't have the courage. What was courage. going through your head? What what did you want? Did you not see that your vice president's life was in danger? Why did you do this? And go on from there. And there are so many things to ask about that day, leading up to that day, all the stuff basically that Jack Smith presumably would love to ask him were he on the stand. And, um, you know, so mm -hmm. no, the, this is, this is a, um, an incredible opportunity that Trump has walked into, put himself in, and you know, CNN could do a great service depending on how they, how they handle this. I, I think that's right. I mean, I, and I think, I think that there's a certain like tension right now. If I'm hearing John Malone wants this to be, you know, they want to try to go approach the Fox audience, especially now that Tucker is gone. It's even more intense. On the other hand, I think a lot of journalists at CNN are like, 
we're not going to get fooled again. We're not playing in the same mistakes, but I'm, I'm always worried about that at this point. Um, so, I mean, we talked a lot about, about the, the sort of question of, of, are they sucking up to Trump? Is it, is it trying to buy, buy their way back in? Um, and that right now in the small bore stuff makes a lot of sense. They're sort of playing the, the, the early game. He looks like he's going to be the nominee again. What happens as the media starts to move as a pack in, let's say, so let's say he wraps up the nomination, I don't know, this fall. What happens again when they start moving as a pack? Because that, that flood of coverage he got from everybody all the time in 2015 and 16 was what defined the race. Donald Trump's plane could circle the runway for an hour and every other candidate was standing at the podium somewhere, you know, <laughs> you know with their dick in their hand going, oh, I guess I am. they're not going to cover my health care policy statement today. How, how do you, how do you handle it when it, when it's a pack of, of, you know, once again, there are, there are, there's a, you know, a group of reporters on the plane and a pool and all those sort of right. things. Well, um, one, I, I personally have never been part of the pack, so I, I never worried about <laughs> that uh, in terms of my own coverage. Uh, I will say this. There are a couple of big, big, big differences between 2015 and now. Uh, in 2015, uh, like I mm-hmm. said in the piece, Trump was seen as a buffoon. He was a nut. He would just get up and say whatever he wanted. And uh, isn't that wild? Look what he said. He called Jeff Low Energy. Isn't that funny? Ha ha. And, and on right. it went with the assumption that come October, November, uh, Jeb's super PAC would just destroy Donald Trump. Uh-huh. And that would be the end of that fun games are over. And now the real voters are coming out. And, and we almost saw the start of that. Right? We almost saw that happen. I mean, Ted Cruz actually won Iowa, if you remember. Um, mm-hmm. I so, do. Uh, oh, yes. You know, that, that happened. And what, what I think the other Republican candidates did not get was that if you're waiting until December for Donald Trump to weaken it, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen enough, and it's sure not going to happen fast enough. No. Um, so maybe Republicans who want to be president who are not named Donald Trump learned a lesson from that. We'll see. We'll see what happens starting in August. Uh, the other big difference is back then, like I said, Trump was a, a buffoon, a showman, a, a fake billionaire on TV, etc., and this time he's probably mm-hmm. probably going to be a multiply accused criminal criminal in different jurisdictions right. in uh, in Georgia, which is you know a really serious case. I mean that, that Rico carries some some hefty prison sentences if he's charged with that, right? It, it, it right. So <laughs> it, it, I, I I've I've been burned so many times over the last eight years of watching Trump evade and avoid criminal accountability for everything it does have it does have some some hefty things but i i have this sense that you know even if they started even if they took him to trial now you know we're going to end up in that window very soon where the doj goes ah shit we can't do this he's the nominee of the republican party well he doesn't become the nominee until next summer and i i think that uh the the guy who went after war criminals is not going to be uh, dissuaded by well, he's the presumptive nominee, and I can't. No, I, I think that I, I yeah. think he's. I think he's in it to for real, and I think I, I honestly, I think so is the attorney general. Um, and so, you know, you, you don't. You, well, you, I, I you hope don't so. approve the search so. warrant of Mar-a-Lago if you're not playing for keeps, right? I think that to me was kind of like a, a bright line that said, all right. They're they're in this. They're not going to back away now. Um, 
Even though I got to tell you that that Trump's numbers went up after Mar-a-Lago with right. Republicans, I, I I have this weird world that I that I live in in my brain where even though he gets indicted, you know, Republican voters would vote for this guy if he was dead, and, and that may be. But the, I I think that this is where uh, Sarah's uh, focus groups have have shown that there are there are you know. Trump in prison before anybody else. People, there are those, but that's not that's not mm-hmm. enough to, even to get you the nomination, um, and it's sure not enough to to win the general election. You know, with the independents next year. So, you know, if, if these criminal charges, and again, you know, yeah, he has been threatened with the Mueller investigation. But remember, the Mueller investigation. Uh, Robert Mueller is an institutionalist, and he started with Rule One: We're not going to indict the sitting president. That was the that was right. from the get go, right? Sort of a sort of a sort exactly, of cut off the right? cut off the pursuit right, pretty so early it, on. Let's take the wheels yeah. off the car before so, we go for so, this drive. You know, I mean, people say, yeah, he's he's never gets indicted. Never. Well, that's true, but the only time that possibility even started was January twenty first, twenty twenty one. So uh, you know, we can discount the previous four years. He was not going to be indicted. In fact, even state prosecutors concede at this point. In uh, in the U.S. Supreme Court oral arguments, I don't know whether you listen to those, right. but uh, I did. you know the justices asked, "Well, wouldn't this be disruptive if people all you know prosecutors all over the country were uh, subpoenaing the president and uh, and the the district attorney in New York said, yeah, you're right, and that's why we're not subpoenaing him. We're asking for his accountants, and that's where the, that was. Remember the the, the Mazur case. So, um, right. you know, I I I, I don't feel like past is prologue in this case. Now, that said, yeah, his numbers did go up after his uh his uh, the the search and then they went up again after he was indicted in New York. But at some point, you know, reality's got to set in, does it not? I mean, this if if he's indicted on multiple felonies in in Georgia and in New and in New York and in Washington DC. I, I hope so. I mean, listen, I I hope so, but I I just and I've sat in my my share of focus groups in the last couple of years too, and 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 looked at my set of share of polling too. And these people, there is a meaningful fraction of them that will that they now believe. And I think this goes back to that huge right wing media infrastructure that's been saying for a couple of years now. Ah, oh, January sixth tourist visit. It's all BS. They didn't mean anything by it. Um, there are a lot of those people that have lived in that bubble, and they believe that everything's happening now is a conspiracy by the deep state to prevent Trump from coming back. And I mean, it is their delusion is something that I that I I've consistently found almost unshakable for right. this guy, like almost almost impossible to penetrate that wall of this tornado of bullshit around this guy about what what's really happening. As a listener to this podcast, you know democracy is in danger in America and beyond. This titanic challenge requires a powerful response, and that's why Resolute Square was founded. The Enemies List is part of the Resolute Square family. We're a pro-democracy network. The Enemies List is just one part of Resolute Square's pro-democracy content and coverage. Our members get particularly exciting benefits. Exclusive live roundtable discussions with me, Reed Galen, Stuart Stevens, and Joe Trippi, In those discussions, you can ask us questions directly, as if you are in the room at a campaign strategy session. In these sessions, we'll give folks answers on how to fight back against the crazy, how to push back against the MAGA media, and how to communicate effectively in the battle for our democracy. 
We're building a new arsenal for democracy, and we could use your support. Head over to ResoluteSquare.com slash enemies to let the world know where you stand. Everybody's got a morning ritual. I know I do. And I want to feel like I'm getting my day going. I want to feel like I'm moving. And more than coffee sometimes, it's making sure you're clean, squared away, put together. You can get your day started by upping your shave game with Harry's sleekest razor yet, the craft handle. I like to use it because I've got to shave this giant dome of mine every day. So I got to keep it shiny. I have a beard, but I keep my neck clean front and back. Do all the miscellaneous trimming. And the new craft handle, it actually is a lot more precision, at least that I found, with the new grip. I really like it a lot. You'll be getting quality shaving for a really amazing price. For now, they're offering the craft handle starter set for 10 bucks. It's a $17 value, so this is something you really should try. And if you don't like it, it's on them, guys. They stand behind the product. They guarantee it. How can you get a hold of the craft handle, the latest, greatest from Harry's? It's simple. Get it delivered to your door for 10 bucks at harrys.com slash enemies list. That's harrys.com slash enemies list. So let me ask you this question, because I, I, I think about this rather more than, than, than most people. The re-election of Trump, and I, I know people think, oh, you're exaggerating. I honestly believe that it is an existential question for, for the democracy in the American Republic. I don't think we're the same country if the guy gets reelected. I think we are something fundamentally different. Do journalists understand that, do you think? Do they, do they, do they view it that way, or are they sort of like back in the groove? Of, ah, it's one side and the other side, and we'll just see how it goes, horse race. Uh, unfortunately, I think it's closer to the latter. I mean, there are some who who see it the way you right. do. I see it the way you do. Uh, my colleagues who were stuck in the Capitol on that day, they see it the way we do. I mean, you know, um, <laughs> I, right, as one course. would. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and I had in the piece, you know, if, if uh, you know, if Donald mm-hmm. Trump gets back into the White House, what makes you think he's ever going to leave? Right. I mean, you've basically electing him for life, whatever that may be. Yeah. And he, he'll yeah, try it, to give it to Ivanka or whatever. I mean, it, we're, we're done. As a constitutional republic, <laughs> I mean, yep. what happens next, I have no idea. But you don't put a guy like that back in and think that, oh, yeah, well, he's learned his lesson and now he's going to behave himself. No, no. He's going to stack the people with acting Secretary of Defense, yep. acting, you know, DHS mm-hmm. and so on. Because he's the, Acting FBI director, Matt Whitaker, part yes, two. Stephen Miller, you know, head whatever. of DHS. I mean, just think of where this goes. I mean, right. this is... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's he's and and then when he talks about his retribution, he's going to be the retribution for his people. Yes. Well, I I do think about retribution from Donald Trump as I pack a bag. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, the boat's almost ready to head across. I was just going to say, you've, you've got, you've got, you've got deep sea blue water sailing experience. That's not bad. Maybe useful. Right. No, I I don't think, I don't think most of my colleagues see the peril uh, to the level that they should. Some of them do. Uh, you know, interestingly, uh, a, a, a colleague at ABC News, John Carl, wrote a book about his uh, his election and his first few years in office. And, mm-hmm. you know, the title mm-hmm. kind of gave it away, you know, the or front row of the Trump show. And interestingly, right. uh, January 6th really changed his view about what this guy was about, what he was capable of. And the second was called, I believe, was called uh, Betrayal. Um, and that I think that says a lot. Right. And so, yeah, there are some grownups who understand what, what we're dealing with here. And unfortunately, um, there are others who, who don't, who see it as, Hey, you know, how bad could it be? And he's interesting. And, and, uh, it may, 
people watch it, people click, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't even, I mean, you know, I said what I could. And that's, that's pretty much all I yeah. can do. The interesting part of this and, and then the headline I think is really enormously important because it was a coup. It was an attempted yes. coup. And, and I think what Americans almost in their minds, the cliche of a coup for some reason is, you know, the rebels seize the radio station, the airfield and the, and the presidential right. palace. Um, but this was, this was a, a, a postmodern kind of coup. I think that, you know, they were attempting to, to get to the Capitol, disrupt it to the point where the electoral count could not proceed. And then just try to keep rolling out the timeline past the inaugural. And, and, and something like this is not in Trump's personal ability to plan. He is a reactive guy. He's not a plotter uh, in that kind of way. He's not a conspirator in that kind of way. Do you see any signs that that in this, like again, this bullshit blizzard that's put out by Fox and the rest of them, that the that the people that aren't just the foot soldiers and the idiots and the guys who you know were wearing the the battle rattle and the and the fake <laughs> combat gear um, are going to be held to account in this thing because I feel like one way to get closer to Trump having accountability in this is to show people closer to him and we I, I, like from from Mark Meadows down to his other like weirdo associates like Roger Stone and Steve Bannon etc. Do you think there's any hope that we're going to get any accountability for those people before this gets too well, late? Well, I think Mark Meadows is in up to his neck in Georgia, right? I mean, he he, mm-hmm. he was actually down in Cobb County twisting arms regarding their, their vote counting, right? I mean, the, right, the, right. think about that. The White House chief of staff is down in, in a county elections oh. office trying to, like, uh, get uh-huh. them to change results. I mean, you know, it it oh, that scheme um, – yeah, I, I think I would refine your your theory of the case here a little bit. I think they they really expected mm-hmm. to jam Mike Pence. They really expected him to fold, and or maybe they didn't expect it. Maybe at that point they just hoped, but they wanted him to to basically just declare Donald Trump the winner. That was the original plan. There was none of the right. sending back to states. There was mm-hmm. well, these votes are invalid. These votes are invalid. These votes are invalid. And what's with those that are left? Donald Trump wins. You know, bang the gap. And that's what they wanted, and then they would take Woo! it from there, right? <laughs> and they would uh, then uh, bring in the military if need be, et cetera. Remember, he wanted the military on his side. They would. They said no. Mm-hmm. Do you remember those? That that was the most I astonishing do. letter. That I think that they uh, published in the Washington Post mm-hmm. in early January, post, post, yeah. saying that you know we the undersigned believe that you know <laughs> it should be made clear to every officer. And implicit in that was. If you do this, you could be brought up on charges if you get involved in this election, right? That's so right. it was beyond, hey, we have nothing to do with this. It was be careful of what you say and do in the in the coming weeks, which I thought was amazing. It, it, to my mind, that is part of the, the, the unspoken history of this is that the joint, the joint chiefs had a moment where I'm sure that the pressure from the temporary Trump world was enormous on them, and they still issued that. And they still they still took their constitutional responsibility to heart, even though the civilian leadership at that point was completely all in for the crazy. That question of of Mike Pence, I mean, and and I am the guy who almost got Pence killed, right? Because I ran an ad for Lincoln 
a couple days before telling Trump, <laughs> Pence is going to betray you. He's not going to do what you want. And and, it, and Trump lost his mind. It's been reported in three or four of the books. The day January 6th started, I started seeing the riots. I, I mean, I could, I, could call, I could call the audible by the morning. Once I knew his speech was going to be on the ellipse with the crazies, I knew something bad would going to, there would be a bad outcome. And the minute I saw them breach the Capitol, all I could think of was, oh, fuck, I've killed my pets. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, because, I, 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 and later when it came out, it was like Trump saw the ad and went nuts on him. And I thought, oh, God, I, I don't like the guy, but I didn't want him to get murdered by a fucking mob. Well, if it'll make you feel any but, better, uh, it's my understanding that the scheme with the fake electors came up before that ad. So, you know, you can put your mind. You <laughs> well, thank, thank, thank goodness. And that was really part and parcel of this thing was uh, to, to create the, this fake chaos. Then Pence would have to right. like, uh, say, well, well, we got obviously none of these things are valid. And um, I mean, that that to me is, yes, Pence. And look, Pence was down there in the basement, scared out of his mind. And rightly so. There was also a part of me that that wonders and I, it's it's the worst it's the worst possible scenario, if if the mob had not followed the one Capitol police officer away right. from Romney and right. the others, um, or or if the if the Capitol uh, if the security detail person had not shot Babbitt as she and the mob were trying to charge through into Pelosi's office, or if those assholes had broken into this into the into the chamber, and mobs do what right. mobs do. I, 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 it's the weirdest and most dark counterfactual I can think of. What would have happened? What would Mike Pence have said if, if someone had told him on his detail, Hey, by the way, they just killed Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. By the way, they're holding Mitt Romney hostage. By the way, they just beat to death, you know, AOC. What would have happened? I mean, I, th- I think Pence would have caved like a, like a, a house of wet cards and we would be in a, we'd, we'd, in a dictatorship. Yeah, on that point, I think I'll, I will disagree. I, I don't think he would have caved. I think uh, I think Pence, his actions that day will, will go down in history as as um, you know he, he did the honorable thing. Uh, finally, you know, because what, what, what right at, at the last <laughs> well, extremity. Well, 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 no, I think after the election, right through January sixth, he did the right thing. I mean, I, I don't. I, uh, and you know, this is based on my reporting and talking to people who are. Cl- I mean, mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. he never thought that Trump had any any possibility of, of changing it through him. That was not a thing, right? And then a lot of people say, "Oh, he called. He called uh, Dan Quayle, and Dan Quayle had to talk about it." No, he he called Dan Quayle. No, you know, he I just... mean to because he said, "I'm going to talk to people. Fine, okay, I'm going to talk." And that's where that came from. It was not the other way around. So, right. uh, no, I, right. I think I think had they done something that like that, he would have just basically um, pushed for the Twenty Fifth Amendment and just taken over, and that would have been that. So, um, I I still don't know that he had the votes in the cabinet. But you know, if they shot Nancy Pelosi, I think they do. They oh well, then in that right? case, I they mean, would. if something yeah, like that, in happens, that case, they right. would. Uh, so you know, it, it's. Um, the other counterfactual that that you know George Conway and I talked about uh, not long after it happened was what happens if if Trump had just flat out refused to leave you know because notwithstanding what uh, what uh, mm-hmm. Pence had said there would have been a lawsuit over that does the Supreme Court take it sure I think yes in that instance when something's that crazy outrageous I think they do right and right, then uh, right. And then uh, John Roberts shows up at noon to swear in um, to swear in uh, Joe Biden. 
but Trump refuses to leave. I won. Pence said it. Now what? Right. I mean, that is right. now you're talking straight up civil war possibility here with, with mm-hmm. Proud Boys and whatever faction of of armed forces decide, no, no, he's the legitimate. Pre- I mean, that would have been ugly bad. Right. And that's the real reason that the Joint Chiefs had zero interest in putting 10,000 guardsmen on the ground in Washington, D.C. Right. on that day. I, I, I've always wondered why people don't get that. They were worried that a lot of these exactly. guardsmen are basically guys who, you know, after they do their their monthly show up, are slipping the red hat yeah. back on. Yeah. No, there was. The, and do you want to put do you want to put those guys on the mall? At right. that there was a deep fear that you're going to create a situation where uh, the commanding officer says this and the commander in chief says the opposite. What will they do? How will they react? Right. And that was. Right. Uh, and that's been reported. I've had a couple of times. I think uh, uh, Robert Costas yep, had that. Yep. So this was, mm-hmm. you know, that that was the scariest part of this was he, yeah, he wanted thousands of troops on the ground. And this is why, because he yep. knew what, what was yep. going to happen. He knew the demos. Well, Sharish, I, I, I hope that we can keep talking about this because I think this is going to be an ongoing problem, not only for the country and the campaign, but for journalism in America more broadly in the coming months, in the coming year and a half, basically, um, as this thing rolls forward. Because I, I think you've really rung an alarm bell here that needed to be sounded and and given people an alert they needed to hear. Because if we cover this as business as usual, if this gets treated as, you know, the he said, she said, day-to-day reporting, and, and, and if we go back to 2016, I don't think we have American journalism and probably not America at the end of it. Uh, if we don't, if we don't alert people and treat this thing as the radical departure uh, as a candidate. And like you said, if he was a murderer or a child molester, every single story would say convicted child molester, blah, 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 is now saying this. You wouldn't, you wouldn't elide it. You wouldn't walk away from it. You wouldn't pretend it didn't happen because it sure right. as hell did. And you wouldn't make deals on access based on mentioning or not mentioning it. Right. And that to me is the most disturbing thing. You know, if you want to talk to Susie Wells, talk to Susie Wells, but if it's based on not mentioning what he did, then shame on you. Absolutely. Shame on you. Yeah. And uh, hopefully the, the perverse incentive structure out here of clicks and eyeballs will not overcome a fundamental understanding of democracy and freedom and, uh, and and why why if we fuck this one up we don't get a we don't get a redo on yeah. this one. Well, that is an excellent hope to have. In the meantime, I'm gonna refurbish my water maker so I can uh, run the desalinator. That is correct. Off the solar power. Yes, I'm good, good to go. Off the solar panels, exactly. deep sea, baby. All right, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on today. Really appreciate you joining us on the enemies list. Thank you so much, Sharish Tate of Huffington Post. Okay, my pleasure, Rick. Thank you. All right, folks, this is an easy one. The enemies list today is led by Mr. George Santos, maybe George DeVolder, maybe George Pasteur, maybe George Armstrong. Who knows what the fuck this guy's name even is? But uh, as we're recording this, um, George Santos, congressman from Long Island, has been arrested uh, on a variety of fraud charges. The Department of Justice has um, dipped their toe in the water of going after a case of rampant, overt, ridiculous um, fraud executed against the people of the United States by George Santos. Now, 
George is a scumbag, a criminal, a liar, a fraud, a weirdo, a, a fabulist, a plagiarist. God knows. But George's response to being indicted tells you everything about the MAGA movement now. He walked out the door and said, oh, it's a witch hunt. It's all a lie. This is the same fucking argument that Donald Trump has been using successfully for the last seven or eight years. The idea that every charge, every every legal proceeding against somebody, every time they commit a crime or commit fraud or commit sexual assault, it's a witch hunt. Oh, poor you. It's not a fucking witch hunt. George Santos is a thief and a liar. He is a guy who is going to be held to account. And the people that put him there, like Elise Stefanik and Kevin McCarthy and Tom Emmer and the rest of the Republican establishment, they're not going to do anything about it, by the way. You know they're not going to say anything. No matter what happens, they're going to let this little scummy weasel, this little thief, stay within their midst because they can only afford to lose three seats before they're fucked. And I have to tell you, it's satisfying. But George Santos, get your shit together. Go to rehab. Get psychiatric counseling. Because right now, bro, you are on the enemies list. Thanks again for listening to The Enemies List. If you have any comments, questions, or if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, hit me up on Twitter at TheRickWilson. Thanks again for the wonderful support you've shown the pod. We're growing fast. It really helps if you will share this with your friends, your family, and anyone else who, like us, is trying to save democracy. While you're at it, if you could rate and review the podcast, I would be very much appreciative. I know this is the sort of thing you've heard a billion times. Please rate, review, like, blah, blah, blah. But you need to do it. It really does help us a lot. We are slaves to the algorithm, my friends. And if you do this, it will help get the pod out further. Anyway, thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time. And remember, whatever you do, stay off the list.